So tell me about your route into medical school. Well, uh, to enter into medical school in India, we have to take science groups after our 10th, which we call it as intermediate, that is plus one and plus two, 11th and 12th classes. We have to give theory exams after every year and also we have to give an entrance test to get into medical uh, college. So based on the marks that we get in entrance test, you can get into medical college of your choice. So, yeah. And is that quite a competitive process or how would you describe it? Well, it is competitive process. it needs a lot of effort based on the two years, the performance that you have, like the preparation that you go for it, because it in, it is an entrance test. And yeah, the standards are being high right now. So I think you need a lot of hard work to get into medical college, to yeah. get good marks on the in entrance test. Yeah, definitely. And how would you say the UK um, and the um, and India vary in terms of medical education? Well, I can say that there's a lot difference uh, when it comes to subject. Subject is same anywhere in the world, uh, but comp- uh, when when it is uh, compared with the medical education system, I feel uh, UK is like somewhat long. I feel. Uh, compared to, because in India we have five and a half years and whereas in UK you'll get to have like final years and postings and everything yeah yes that's interesting and so what was the reason that you chose to um train practice and train as a doctor in the UK uh, there are so many reasons why I chose the England as an option because of the NHS. NHS is uh, one of the good healthcare system in the world since uh, past around 70 to 80 years and it is completely run by the government and all the facilities that we get and all the people who are working are completely directly under the government. And also most important thing is that even though the private agencies exist, it not only uh, provide a good quality of healthcare services, but also it is uh, good, it is responsible for even other aspects of particularly the patients. Yeah. Like giving some new, uh, like the support that we get regarding the support groups, organizations regarding any particular diseases to overcome it. I feel like it is completely patient-centered care. Yeah, definitely. And what would you say the challenges were in medical practice when you were in India? Well, they are they are many. Uh, like for example, in UK, everyone they need to consult general practitioner uh, with whom yeah. they are registered, and no one can directly go to a specialist doctor. But whereas in India we can directly go, like the patient can decide and the patient can go uh, specifically for the diseases that the patient is facing. The patient can directly go to a specialist. And that that's what uh, one of the major difference that I've seen. And also regarding some medicines that we prescribe in UK, it's like we are, we can get the over-the-counter medicines, but whereas we need a perfect prescription, to get the medicines but whereas in India uh, anyone can get anything uh, there's no particular regarding prescription except for few drugs and also yeah. the 
uh, one of the most coming to this is related to healthcare that i have observed and when it comes to academic uh, i feel that there is some hierarchy in india and when compared to uk uh, everyone is equal even the consultant or the fi one everybody are equal that's what i've observed in academically yeah yeah that's very nice that you've observed that and yeah. i think you know medical practice is about working in a team yeah. and i think everyone in the team no matter what their background or their experience or their profession i think it's very important to ensure that you all play a role in the patient's care exactly. so yes no definitely and so when you were replying to the uk i'm um, of mm-hmm. course you would have to take a few tests yeah. such as the ielts and the oet and then the yeah. PLAB 1 and PLAB 2. Can yes. you tell me a bit about how those tests were and how you prepared for those? Well, I was graduated in 2019, March. So uh, then I, I, when I thought of UK journey, uh, I had no guidance, to be frank. So I always relied on Facebook forums and few doctors' blogs who are in UK right now. So based on that, I got to know that I have to give an English test to apply for my PLAB 1. To book PLAB 1 test, we need an English test. So I was confused a little bit between OET and IELTS. OET is an occupational English test. Uh, it is for doctors and nurses, that is for healthcare professionals. So it depends upon, uh, it is related to medicine. It has four modules, uh, the same like IELTS, listening, reading, writing, and speaking. So I thought that compared to IELTS, OET is somewhat related to me. So I chose OET. So I took an online course for it and I had an online tutor and I has I I used to practice daily. Uh, I used to practice daily an exercise of uh, reading and listening and also used to write a letter daily as well as I also used to practice speaking as well for one and a half months. And then I cleared OET in uh, May 2019. Yes, that sounds amazing, you know, your preparation towards the OET. And Mm. how did you then move on to PLAB 1 and PLAB 2? Well, later when I got the result, I booked for my PLAB 1 and I booked it in November 2019. So I had uh, six months to prepare for PLAB 1. So I used uh, the most important question bank that we everyone uses is Plabable. So I, I did Plabable twice and I referred Oxford Handbook of Clinical Medicine. And there are some online courses as well, which are based in UK that can help you out with it. I even enrolled in one of the online course. And also I, have, I used to do a lot of questions uh, instead of reading the theory. Uh, so I, I always use it to do more number of questions from different question banks. And even now there is another one called Plab Keys. Uh, it's also, I heard it's also good about it. So uh, I prepared for Plab 1 and I gave it in November and then I cleared, I got my result in December and then I cleared my Plab 1 there, yeah. That's amazing again. So congratulations for that. Um, it must <laughs> have taken a lot of hard work. Yeah. And yeah. how, so have you done your PLAB 2 yet? Or? Yes, I have gave my PLAB 2 exam. Uh, so yeah. for the PLAB 2, uh, PLAB 2 is an OSCE exam. It is yeah. uh, complete related to how the patients are in England, that is in NHS. So there are, some, there, there are many online courses that can help you out with it. 
so it is completely based on the communication skills and asking about the patient concerns and we have to deal with the patient in that particular 8 minutes it is 18 stations we have 18 uh, cubicles so we'll give a uh, 8 minutes for every case and we have to talk to the patient and we have to come to conclusion after 8 minutes so it is a 3 and 1/2 hour exam and yes it also includes some ethical cases how to deal with that and also some procedures like catheter cannulas venipunctures all these that we do during our fi1 or internship back in mm. your countries and yeah. also yeah yeah tell me i was just going to ask is yeah. it was the plab1 and the plab2 very different to how you practice medicine in india or yes. did you find it quite similar yes it is different because back in india when we communicate with the patient we normally use our regional languages we hardly use english as the main language so it it is completely different when it comes to here so plato is completely about uh, dealing with the patient in english so i feel there's a lot of difference in communicating the patients all the interpersonal skills and how to how to console the patient and apart from the uh, apart from the ethical cases we also have some simulated uh manequins that we yeah. that they can assess how we tackle emergency cases as well so it is a compact of everything how to deal the patient ethically how to cons- uh, how to come console console the patient and how we approach the patient and how we describe the diagnosis to the patient how we explain in the treatment and whether they are okay or not we have to ask their concerns and all these things it will be like there are so many courses that can help out with it yeah yes definitely mm-hmm. and out of curiosity because of course english is your second language yes what were the challenges of learning english and what have the challenges been since you've come to england well uh, i feel that british accent is a little hard for me <laughs> because uh, when it compared to india like i i feel like uh, in first like when i came here it was hard for me but then later i got used to it and the british accent and the weather here is like a little bit hard for me initially for two months and then later i got adapted to it and then yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> i can understand and i think yeah. every country i think no matter what city you go to there's a slight change in the accent and the dialect and i think in england because of that there's just so many different types of accents exactly. and some people generally speak faster than other yeah, people true. and you know the more north you go the stronger that accent becomes yeah true true but i think i know if i get exposed to more patients then yes i feel like it would be easy for me it will be easy yes, for me definitely yeah and i think unfortunately because of the pandemic and because of covid yeah. because unfortunately we all have had as much exposure to people that we would have normally had and yeah. i think that's also been a barrier yeah. you know getting used to the accent okay. but hopefully now that covid's starting to plateau i think mm-hmm. you'll start getting used to the accent quickly yeah <laughs> true exactly yeah. but now i'm fine i'm getting to it yeah. good yeah 
Your English is very good, so I'm very impressed. <laughs> oh, thank you so much. That's a really good compliment to me. <laughs> I also wanted to ask, what were the challenges when you, obvi- obviously, in terms of culture, it's very different as well. Yeah. So what did you have to consider before you moved to England? And what challenges did you face? Well, uh, when it comes to challenges, like coming to England is a very big challenge to me, I, to be frank. Yeah. So because I, 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 know, I don't know anyone here, I hardly know there are like some relatives or family friends, but I, like, I don't know any of them. Like I, I don't have any personal relations here, but then I got to know many friends after coming here. So yes, that was the big challenge coming to England. That was the main challenge. Yeah. And there are so many um, things I got used to know after coming to England because we have to cook ourselves and that is one of the biggest challenge yeah (laughs) I can understand India has such you know beautiful food yes and even the change in cuisine when you came to England must be very different India has an amazing (laughs) food so that's what I miss here but still (laughs) even though we cook here we'll definitely miss the Indian food yeah yes of course and Again, in terms of culture, so how did you think about accommodation and were there any finances that you had to consider before you moved to England? Because coming as an international medical graduate, there's a lot of differences. Yeah, that's that's really, really good question. Uh, Yes, financially, we should be uh, somewhat stable. We should have some financial support, a good financial support to come to England because there there are differences in finances compared to India and England regarding accommodation that we choose because the examination costs and the accommodation that we have, like considering the weather and food, yes, we have to be financially, we, we should have some good financial support uh back when we are planning here particularly to england yeah definitely and was that something you thought about initially or was that something you realized as you were going through the process yes i was prepared for it before because the path i'm choosing it needs a good support so yes i know it before before i'm like preparing for the exams yeah i know it yeah and what recommendation would you give to other people taking these tests and wanting to come to England to consider where would you say look for information or what sorts of things would you recommend considering? Well, uh, there are a lot of blogs that can uh, help you regarding like the pathways and everything. I would recommend them to follow Facebook forums for updates. And yes, there are so many websites that we can uh, get into general medical council website regarding PLAP examinations and their updates. And yes, uh, we, uh, I can recommend them to follow and get updated themselves regarding all the exam related posts. And also most yeah. importantly, I would say them to work harder because <laughs> yes, uh, like hard work will always yeah. give you success. So I would say exactly. them that no matter like, you have to trust yourself in the end finally yeah. so yeah I would say that never ever give up on anything even though if you face yeah. so many challenges or struggles in this journey please stay yeah yeah constant 
Definitely. And I think, you know, for an international medical graduate, yeah. it can be very daunting, you know, moving to another country, moving to another system. Yeah. And also going to a country where you don't necessarily know everyone exactly. or anyone. Yeah. And leaving your family behind as well, exactly. especially coming from a South Asian culture yes. where family is very important. Yeah. And so moving you know, to a Western culture mm -hmm. all on your own, it's yeah. definitely a very different culture in terms of that. Um, so I think what you've said is very true. I think it's very important to keep working hard and yes. believing in yeah. your ability and also believing in the fact that you can succeed in this. Exactly. Um, so I think, yes, I think that's a very important advice you've given. Yeah. And the other question I had is, yeah. um, of course, as a female international medical graduate, yeah. one of the career paths that you've considered is cardiology. Yes. And how did you consider that? And have you ever felt nervous about entering cardiology? Well, yes, I feel nervous about it. Definitely, yes, I can say. Uh, I always want, I, I love uh, cardiology uh, since my medical school. Uh, I, I wanted to do my training in internal medicine and then enter into cardiology. And I know it's very tough. I know we have to have an outstanding portfolio regarding that. Uh, I know it will also take a lot of time. But then I'm making little steps towards it. And uh, it will be uh, very hard to say it right now. But I need to work a little harder, like more harder to get it, to get into that stage. But yes, as a female international medical graduate, as a female doctor from particularly a South Asian culture, yes, there are other challenges that also that I have to face. So considering all of that, yes, we should balance. That's the most important thing that I can say. We should know how to balance our work life and our personal life. So if we, if we are able to do that, then we can able to succeed in what way we choose and that's what I feel because when like yeah. when our when we are aging then yeah there are some other factors that comes into consideration but we have to make sure that we fulfill each and every part not only our work life yes, yes. definitely yeah. and you've mentioned you know there's challenges of being a female in cardiology yes. what are those challenges that you're considering there are so many uh, not particularly i can't uh, mention it about it there are so many coming to everything like uh, to get into cardiology we need a portfolio that we have to develop in our internal medicine and to get into internal medicine we have to work it work it out to get into our training position we have to work it accordingly so i guess uh, we have to make sure that we do all related uh, stuff and also MRCP exams that we have to clear part one, part two and PACES. And I heard PACES is a little bit uh, tough. So we have to make sure that we come across every challenge by balancing our work life and our personal life. So to get into uh, yeah. the speciality training. Yes, no, definitely. And I think also being a female in quite a male-dominated medicine yeah. um, speciality. True. And yeah, I think that is another challenge, mm. of course. Mm. And 
women who want to start a family at some point during cardiology you know it's actually quite difficult to do cardiology on a part-time basis exactly and the reason you know the reason it's quite difficult to do it in on a part-time basis is because you can't predict when someone's going to have a cardiac arrest exactly you can't predict some you know cardiology conditions and so there's a lot of emergencies associated to cardiology and so it's very time heavy in that sense and I think I think with time as years go on I think hopefully more women do go into cardiology because then it it will not only cause the gender inequality to become more equal but I think it will also show you know the Royal Medical Council um, and the general medical councils that women can go into male dominated professions as well exactly. and you know it's there's a balance between having a good work-life balance yeah. as well as your family life True. so I think that's very important yeah yeah, yeah. Would you and absolutely I, true I can completely agree on that yeah, yeah. definitely And the other question I had um, on cardiology is, how did you choose cardiology? And what is um, the career path to go into cardiology? So as an IMG, uh, as far as to knowledge that I have right now, so after, because we will do internship that is equivalent to FI1. So I did my internship back in India, which is equivalent to FI1. So after I finish my PLAB 1 and PLAB 2, I'll apply for my registration. So if I get the registration, I will apply for non-training jobs that is equivalent to FY2. So, and we have uh, some competencies that we have to get signed for that is called CRES. And also we have to build up our portfolio, our CV according uh, to enter into internal medicine training. So after doing my non-training job, I will apply for the internal medicine training. So for that, I need to build up my portfolio regarding audits, QIPs, and presentations, all the all the uh, CV-related scoring thing. So I need to get that, and then I will apply. I will get into training, which will be for three years. That is internal medicine training, and then during that, yeah. we should uh, finish our part one, MRCP part one part two and paces and then we are allowed to apply to specialty training that is cardiology so this is the route that i know so at present we're waiting for my registration so after i get get the registration so i will apply to the non-training and then i will may i will uh, build up my portfolio so that to apply the internal medicine training yeah You know, your journey sounds absolutely amazing. And I think it's very inspirational to see a female going into cardiology and also a female international medical graduate going into this very competitive speciality. And the reason I say that is because it's already difficult for an IMG to come to the UK and to practice here. But then on top of that, it's even more difficult being female, South Asian, yeah. and international, going into a speciality such as cardiology. Yeah. And I think you are definitely going to be a very amazing inspiration to many people out Thank there. Thank you so much. That you're, you're so kind. That means a lot to me. Thank you so much for your words. Yeah. 
You're very welcome. Mm-hmm. And thank you very much for taking the time to speak to me. Sure. That, my pleasure. <laughs> thank you. Yeah.